0: This is Marketing Today from Melbourne, Australia. Your number one podcast the news and commentary on some of today's top marketing stories. Now, here's your host, Peter Wagstaff.
1: Hello and welcome back to Marketing Today, the long-awaited episode number 88. This is Wags here from Monash University in Melbourne, Australia. Thank you so much for joining us. This week, we have another oyster report we have a chat on the couch with Cole, but first, let's hear what's news in marketing. And in marketing news this week, worldwide brand consultancy, Brand Finance, has just announced this week that Australia's number one brand, that honour has uh, just been awarded to Woolworths, who have uh, snared that from the previous number one brand, according to Brand Finance, which was National Australia Bank. I'll be talking a bit about uh, this and other brand studies with Col on the Couch in a moment, so stay tuned for that. Also on news this week, we've seen the large company Arnott's are threatened to take legal action against Krispy Kreme donuts, And this all revolves around Krispy Kreme marketing a product that they call the Iced Dovo. And Arnott's believe that this infringes the biscuit makers' intellectual property, uh, the owners of the brand, which they originally registered over 100 years ago, Iced Vovo. I love Krispy Kreme's response to this. They uh, they said that the word iced is pretty well used and the word dough, well, that's got nothing to do with arnets. and the word "vo" well, that sort of seems to go well with dough. Interesting response, Krispy Kreme. We'll, we'll see what happens because their deadline was last Friday, the 24th of April to uh, cease and desist. Now, I'm sure you've all been watching the Gruen transfer on ABC TV on Wednesday nights. Well, the um, controversy continues there with um, claims of conflict of interest, uh, where we have panellists such as Todd Sampson being very critical of campaigns run by competing agencies. Todd is um, CEO of Leo Burnett. So just watch this space, and I'm sure we're going to see a lot more controversy there over the Gruen transfer. And in further news, and this is I guess more publishing news, News Limited, um, rather than following the direction of many other publishers and moving their print publications directly online, News Limited have recently announced that they're going to be launching a new online, um, they're calling it a conversation project. They're going to call it The Punch. So stay tuned because they've employed and signed up a lot of uh, big-name writers for this, as well as a number of student journalists. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how this goes. It's going to be launching very soon in the next few weeks, so stay tuned, keep your eyes open for the punch. And one final piece of news, the um, Young Lions contest, which runs at Cannes every uh, year, I'm pleased to announce that this year one of the Australian Young Lions finalists is Monash's very own Garrett Fitzgerald. So congratulations, Garrett. He's uh, representing Australia in the print category at the Young Lions Awards. So good luck, Garrett. We're looking forward to uh, seeing you do really well over there. So that's it for marketing news this week. Let's now hear from Oyster.
0: The Oyster
2: Report. Hi everyone, Oyster here with another look at some social media morons and and champions. Well, it's been about two months since the last podcast, Tut Tut Wags. But what a few months it's been! My head is dead set spinning with all that's been happening lately. Uh, Joy Smith on his blog A Digital Perspective interviewed me a few months ago and one of the questions he asked was what's emerging for 2009 and at the time my answer was that I thought social media was and would continue to be picked up more and more in mainstream media and, and that it would mean the awareness of the general public beyond just connecting with their friends and families uh, would start to pick up pace and, and emerge and now we've certainly seen that with the explosion of Twitter in the last few weeks and uh, it's dead set out of control Twitter at the moment but uh, unfortunately it's not all good stuff in the social media space uh, it's been pretty disturbing of late some of the some of the hate that people have been pushing in the social media space there's been plenty of snarky comments aimed at social media club in Sydney as well of, as well as last week's hash. Beach Meet Twitter event, as well as plenty of chatter and people crying about the use of term, use of the term social media expert, what constitutes it and who can lay claim to it. But I'd like to remind everyone that there's actual real work going on. For all you Aussie Rules fans, it kind of reminds me of when there's a melee in a game and the umpire just ignores it and lets the game go on, and, and in reality, uh, that's what the real world, outside all of our blogs and tweets and podcasts are doing. They're getting on with real work, with real marketing, because they've got real problems like trying to keep their business open and, and trying to avoid laying off staff now. Sure, social media can and does help them in this space, but you guys should be concentrating on helping businesses rather than throwing rocks at each other. However, it can't all be bad if a bald bloke in a pink shirt can get his mug on TV, and that's exactly what my friend Stephen Collins from Acid Labs in Canberra did this morning. Uh, He's in New Zealand at the moment and was lucky enough to get himself on a breakfast show to talk all things Twitter. Well done, Stephen. Did a good job. Recently uh, on Twitter we've seen Ashton Kutcher race CNN to 1 million followers, we've uh, seen Hugh Jackman put out the challenge of 140 characters or less to uh, give away some money to charity uh, through Twitter, and even Oprah give Twitter massive publicity by joining last week. Hell, even Wags' second wind uh, doesn't seem to have, have lost any of its power, and he's still going with his regular tweets. Okay, but now as the, uh, the great um, wash start to join the cool kids on Twitter, we have seen heaps more nominees for social media morons. And uh, look, as far as I'm concerned, I reckon that's great because I've got something to talk about. First off, a uh, dishonourable mention for the social media moron uh, goes to the person in this story from Bob Hoffman on the Ad Contrarian blog. Uh, Bob writes, one night at the conference, eight of us were sitting at dinner. We didn't all know each other. A guy was explaining he was following the tweets of one of the conference's guest speakers and how lame they were. The tweeter was sitting at our table. <laughs> that bloke uh, asked the waiter for a massive slice of humble pie, but unfortunately that's uh, not bad enough to pick up the social media moron award. Uh, instead, that goes to Lara Bingle. Sure, you're hot, Lara, but where the bloody hell are your spelling skills? The other day, Bingle tweeted, in the third person nonetheless, Lara is definitely going to F up at the MTV Awards. Ha, ha, ha. I'm such a retard. That's right, you heard that. And in case you missed it, she said retard. T-A-R-T pretty ironic I reckon. But on the flip side there's heaps more cool people joining Twitter and this week's social media champion goes to Stu Morley from Melbourne who describes himself as an intellectual hooligan and all round nice guy. Anyway, Stu produces cracking tweets and while I've only been following him for a few days he's really entertaining. Uh, Here's a couple of his uh, tweets that I've picked out to whet your appetite. I brought a gun to a knife fight. Someone else brought a lightsaber. Trumped again. Or, a nudie run in winter is the coolest thing to do. Gives icy pole a whole new definition. Uh, Or this one, winning winning hide and seek sucks. Where is everyone? His tweets are a uh, a pretty nice break from the thousands of links and retweets that I get flooded with each day. So please check him out and follow him on Twitter at stumor. L-E-Y. Okay, that's it for me this week, but if you want more of me, then check out my blog theoysterproject.blogspot.com or on Twitter at Daniel Oyston. Catch you next time.
0: It's Cole on the couch.
1: And once again on the couch,
3: we have Colin, how are you, Cole? I'm very well, thank you. Very well indeed. It's been you? a long time between chats. It, it has been a long time between chats. Skype let us down while I was away. That's right. We attempted a, yeah. a chat Probably, over Skype. But yeah, well, it wasn't actually Skype's fault, I don't think. I, I was... Uh, it was we, we, we tried Dubai to Dubai airport, wasn't Well, it? Well, was in Dubai airport, and there was wireless internet, which was terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, when I was trying to talk with you, and you were getting little bits of video as I was waving the webcam around... Yeah, uh, quite bravely, I thought. Too. Well, I didn't realise... How how brave it was until I clicked the little button saying you yeah, upgrade your yeah, your Skype for even clearer um, voice quality and yeah. so on. So I clicked on that and suddenly the screen's full of, yes, this, uh, this site has been blocked under the United Arab Emirates internet access policy because of Whatever, whatever. Oh goodness! I thought. So thought. Thought. maybe I shouldn't be well, I uh, should, filming a, what's happening in the airport. Perhaps I shall be. <laughs> wait, uh, uh, videoing these. Uh, yes. Well, you were. It, you it, were it, showing me got,
1: some of the uh, the Dubai fashions. I think at one
3: stage. <laughs> I, 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 I was indeed. I mean, I have to say the, the long white is, is gowns the right word? The the, the robes that the. No, uh, I you know, don't know what they're particularly. Called. The, you know the, the tall guys. Perhaps I'm just jealous because I'm such a shorty myself. But the tall guys in <laughs> those elegant flowing robes look like. Nothing else. Yes, um, but but I tell you something that something that was interesting, and something that one of our colleagues actually um, also mentioned to me after I got back. There was um, there, there was a Western woman dressed Western style. Had obviously come from a warm climate. Inappropriate Western style, by the sound of things, for Dubai. Well, but probably inappropriate for, for Dubai. I mean, mm. uh, not not unremarkable in uh, on a warm day in Melbourne, mm. Australia, or in uh, Athens, or London, or wherever, I mean, uh, skirts down to a a little bit above the knee and there were a couple of fairly obviously traditional local guys who were well, basically, I mean, they, they, they were essentially sort of beside themselves, just looking and going, "Wow!" Yeah, no, not so much double takes as almost no, probably colli- more, almost colliding it, with the furniture. Probably also disgusted that um, their the culture isn't being respected. Uh, they, they didn't look disgusted, <laughs> 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 I, I have to say. But I mean, as, as, as I was saying with this uh, this um, co- colleague of ours, I mean, it would be the same, I guess, as if somebody was parading around in a bikini and high heels in an airport here in Melbourne. <laughs> it would, it would, would have looked so odd and out of place. Yes. So out of you, place were, you were in transit, weren't you? Yes. So you were locked in the airport for how long? Over six hours. With
1: a few hundred other people, I suspect. A few thousand other people. So Hence, maybe the limited bandwidth
3: and the... Oh, well, there is that, yeah. The, the flakiness of Skype but based on all these people locked in the airport for well, five hours. Nobody else was Skyping, I don't think. I mean, I, I was getting these funny looks because I had the headset on and... The, you actually, headset one stage you were walking <laughs> around the terminal with the headset on, holding the laptop up to... Fi- <laughs> well, because I, 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 I was trying to get a better... That would better. look strange at Tullamarine Airport, let alone Dubai. Well, well I, have, I have to say that yes, people were moving away from me, but then I'm quite used to that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, how how insensitive was that? Of course, thunder. And I, I just didn't know. But I, mean, I, I, I was a bit surprised they didn't let me out of the airport because the airport itself is about two minutes from town. The uh, so, so they said the benefits to the United Arab Emirates economy if they let people
1: out of the airport when they're just in transit would be huge. I would think.
3: Well, imagine five I, or I, six hours of shopping. Well, I, 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 su- I suspect the um, yes, the, the economy is more deeply more, more deeply in trouble than that because yes. what. Well, uh, on arrival, there's a big poster on arrival saying you know, immediate deals on apartments. You can buy now. I was, apartment I right was now reading. And I, have, and I have to say, I really do have to say, I'm not in the, I'm not in the market for an apartment in Dubai, but then neither's anybody else. Exactly. Here. I mean, yeah. there's been massive infrastructure and capital expenditure
1: in Dubai, and, and yeah. now all these buildings are just sitting there empty, aren't they? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So you're completely empty. Mm. Uh, uh, apparently, they have a problem in the car park at the airport. What sort of problem? Problem that crappy old cars, by their standards, are just being left there, because the the foreign workers, m- mainly from India and places yes. like that, uh, who've been working on buildings and everything, drive their cars to the airport. They can't sell them. <laughs> they drive them to the airport, it's just leave them there. And go home. There's got to be an opportunity there for some enterprising exporter. <laughs> well, absolutely. <laughs> well, they, they, they can't export the new cars, either, don't they? No. Yeah. No. Oh, well. But so uh, it
1: was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was very interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Now, look. While you were away, yeah. Um. There was a, a new. In fact, it's been
3: since you've returned. Actually, a new brand study has been released. It's r- always interesting because it, it's it, it's so difficult. It is so difficult to actually put a decent objective value on a brand. It's yeah, incredibly difficult. Now the that we have spoken about
1: in in previous podcasts last year, uh, in particular, was the Interbrand study of the
3: world's top brands. The the Interbrand study is, it's been been around for a while. They've been sensible enough to employ Monash graduates. And, they have, and, and it's, it's, it seems a, a, to be one of the, the senior levels, I have to say, and it's
1: one that's often quoted. And uh, about oh, a month, maybe six weeks ago, they launched um, the Best Australian Brands 2009 study mm-hmm. um, with some interesting findings. I think uh, Telstra was the number one brand. That they announced yeah. um, last
3: month when yeah. they they did that. We, we, with, a, we, with a there's a stratospheric value nine thousand seven hundred million dollars That's nine point seven billion. Yep. So yep. Uh, mm. But but you know twenty percent bigger or so than Commonwealth Bank, which yeah. number two. Now what's really interesting is that um, there was a another study just launched
1: mm-hmm. from an organization called brand finance and you can check them out at uh, brandfinance.com.au finance.com
3: um, you can find well, com as well they they're, oh, they're, they're, international they're, yes that's right yes. They're, they're UK based but their Australian operations really interesting they've got some uh, they've got that most unusual of things wags they A high-profile academic no they, they've got some really good academics working on it who don't work at Monash <laughs> <laughs> so we have to do something about that. You know, who is have it? To, um, have to talk to the boss. There's some people from Sydney. So that's right. So yes. there's probably no hope for them. Yes.
1: Uh, now they actually put uh, Tulsa at number two uh, in this uh, recent study. Tulsa yeah. was previously number three last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. They've uh, they've now said that Tulsa is number two, mm-hmm. uh, valued at 4.25
3: billion US dollars. As opposed to 9.7 Australian, do a quick sum. There's a bit of difference there. That's right, a huge difference. No, 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 it's not that huge. Oh, 4.25 at um, at about
1: 70 cents, let's say, is about six billion compared to what's what's
3: three billion dollars between (laughs) friends. It's a fifty percent higher as a percentage thing. It is, but mm. I, I suspect, and it'd be interesting to to do the research properly. Uh, but I, I suspect that actually the objective measures there, mm. I mean, the actual nine point seven billion dollars, is. Nonsense It can never be converted into cash. Uh, well, it's it, it's bigger than my credit limit. Yes, absolutely. And I hope I hope my daughters are listening. Is it bigger than your Mastercard? Uh, it <laughs> Master card is. Limit? Yeah. Um, for some things, there's Mastercard. For others, there's the Commonwealth Bank. It's a mere uh, seven point one billion dollars, or NAB at five point one, or Westpac at four point eight, according to Interbrand. That's right. Now, the, uh, it, the brand finance methodology—they say that it's
1: um, all about the expected earnings a brand can generate.
3: Expected earnings. expected earnings Now obviously there's a lot of subjectivity in that Well they, they, uh, they try to make it as objective as possible I'm not sure if it's subjectivity as much as, uh, as being seriously difficult to quantify mm. Because the expected earnings of any asset two years ago mm. would be heaps higher he says today, <laughs> Than yes. today Because there's just, there's just less money sloshing around and, and, and well, people are scared to spend the money yeah. Exactly yes
1: yeah but i guess the the rankings shouldn't change because every organisation is suffering i guess some industries suffer more than others though i mean airlines for at the moment are, are struggling uh and the motor industry is another one and there's yeah.
3: there's a, a flight to quality in the um, in the airline industry yeah. um what industries are doing okay banks Banks in because, Australia, uh, d- d- b- not in the States. Because I have to say, I mean, it pains me to say it, but the Australian banks were actually quite well managed because yes. they didn't mess about with those stupid products as much as the American banks and, frankly, the British banks. Yes. Well, you'll I, be pleased to know that in both studies, the four uh, big Australian banks are in the top ten. As, mm. as you'd expect, because yeah. cause they, 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 yeah, they, they didn't mess about over leveraging their assets and mm. buying all this cheap. I tell you, the, the the little time I spent in London on, on this recent trip, very interesting indeed. Quite, quite different uh, attitude. People very glum about business altogether. So, consumer confidence, you would Consum- say, consumer is, is very low. Consumer th- through, through the floor. Mm. Uh, as indeed is the British pound. I mean, the, uh, when, when I was last there, uh, it was close to three. Australian dollars to the pound. Now it's only two. Mm. Great, wonderful. It's a good time to be there. Yeah. yeah. Look at look at my nice new shirt. <laughs> look at my nice new pants. I've, I've been nice uh, admiring salt. your European um, fashion <laughs> since you return. Yeah. Well, this is this is Anglo Anglo fashion. I tell you what, and I've got more pairs of jocks than I know what to do with. But I'm not going to ask you to to admire them, of course. But I, I mean, it's been an awfully long time since you went and bought stuff in England because it was cheaper than mm. in Australia. Yes. And I mean that's a temporary thing. But you've got whole office buildings huge new office buildings uh, that that are um, that are empty mm. uh, the, the Lehman Brothers building in London is empty because uh, it was the uh, the British well, it, pe- people who yeah yeah I mean yeah. it's directly connected to the financial uh, crash yeah, yeah absolutely exactly and so much of London because London was such a financial center yes yeah. so if retail is struggling as yeah. you're suggesting yeah. then how does that explain
1: uh, one of the big movers in both of these studies and that is Woolworth's The interbrand study put them as number five i think it was Mm -hmm. brand finance have declared and this was uh, this week announced Mm -hmm. in a press release that uh, woolworth's is number one uh, australia's number one most valuable brand fantastic Mm -hmm. so um
3: why why is woolworth's up there near right at the top of both studies well what i bought at marks and spencer's in oxford street in london was discretionary stuff When I could probably have kept those old that old pair of pants and that old shirt of mine going for another decade or so. Yeah. Being an academic. Ha ha ha. You don't have to dress smart. <laughs> uh in, in clothes are essentially discretionary purchases, aren't they? Most of the stuff you buy at Woolworths is stuff that yeah, you choose to either buy or starve. Yes. You know, it, it, it's, it's that basic sort of stuff. Mm. But what about Coles then,
1: Wax? Well, Coles is an interesting one because Coles is on the um, brand finance study in the top ten. Mm-hmm. doesn't appear at all on the interbrand study. And interbrand have made the decision to exclude it from consideration. Strangely, and I think this is one of the and why did they do that? One man? of the flaws in the Interbrand study. What well, is
3: not it's it's not necessarily a flaw of the study, a limitation of it. Then, yeah. To, uh, well, to, uh, you, you, so you'd think. So you'd think. To me, that's actually terrific. It, it's it's really good news because it shows the difficulty of measuring the value of a brand. So they don't include it because they don't have access to all of the data, Be- because they reckon they can't do it authoritatively given their methodology the, re- the really important thing with any of these measures mm-hmm. is not so much the actual number but the trend mm. right? so I mean 9.7 billion dollars as we've said I mean it, it's more money than you've exactly. got than but what I've was it last year and which way is it moving yes. it, it's the trend mm. is it going up is it going down based on that set of measures so they've been honest enough to say well look no, Coles aren't giving us this information, or we can't find it out. Maybe I think it's to do with the takeover too, isn't it? Because of a move to West Farmers, yeah. yes, I'm, I'm sure has contributed to that. Uh, yeah. So, so it's, it, it, you know, it makes these things awkward. It's terribly difficult to value a brand because. I'll go right out there and, and, and say there is no one objective dollar value for a brand. Mm, exactly. Simple. Because a large part of it is consumer perception, and that's very difficult to measure. Uh, yes, there is that, and there's also customer perception. Mm. Brands very rarely actually change hands. Mm. When Philip Morris bought Kraft Foods, they didn't actually buy the brand, but they bought, they, 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 what, they bought the a whole heap of brands. Mm. They bought the business. They paid several times what it was objectively worth. Mm. Why did they do that? Well, I was going to say, I was. Well, do you want the marketing answer or the accounting answer? I, I, I'll, be, I'll give. I'll give. I'll give you the. Well, I'll tell you what. I, forget marketing. Forget accounting. I'll give you the one that'll excite the lawyers. Right? Money laundering. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> this is an official Monash University podcast. <laughs> now, why do you say that? Because Philip Morris, um, these uh, who, unlike. Uh, James Hardy mm-hmm. uh, 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 took responsibility for the people they were poisoning and understood that they were. Um, and, 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 and understood that the products, the unhealthy products they were selling, t- uh, the tobacco uh, stuff. Yes, was giving people the cans, tobacco uh, stuff, cigarettes. C- yes, tobacco stuff, cigarettes, te- <laughs> te- technically known as. Yeah, they understood that. Yeah, they were going to end up getting sued to blazes with it, and they could also see it was a declining market. Dare I say dying market. Ha ha ha! <laughs> yes. Stop smoking, people listening to this. It's stupid. Um, they know that, though. Yeah, they do know that. Doesn't stop them. No. separate issue. So they had vast amounts of money uh, that they would made out of selling tobacco. They could see that the tobacco market was declining, so they bought a respectable business with the money. Well, logical move. Diversification yeah when you've got a dying product you diversify you you you, absolutely you diversify Mm -hmm. and in fact it's a quite it's quite legitimate thing to do it's a good business thing to do the firm that made thalidomide a ghastly drug in the in the the Mm mid-1950s 50 years ago that caused terrible birth defects uh, uh, to people they uh, were allowed by the British government was a British firm they were allowed by the British government to continue trading Mm -hmm. because it was the only way they could keep up the payments to maintain the fairly miserable lives of most of the people who'd been affected by uh, uh, by these things. You know, people born without arms and legs and everything. Yes. Sort of yep. Ghastly. Um, <coughs> so, yeah, they, they were... Uh, but how different is that to your friendly local drug dealer? And I know you know a few <laughs> uh, buying the pizza shop yes. to to to, to launder the money. There, it, it, it's degrees off, <laughs> degrees off. Oh, but I mean, there was um, back to back on track here. My God. <laughs> Value of the, <laughs> we value, can go off on tangents, can't we? No, no, the, yeah, so value Cole, of the brand. So, the isn't the brand. Craft was worth heaps and heaps and heaps to Philip Morris. Yes. Because Philip Morris had the money and needed to spend it on something legitimate. It was literally burning a hole in their pocket. Mm. So, you can't actually objectively value the brand because it depends who your customer is.
1: Sure. Yeah. Hence, Cole's being excluded. Yeah. And hence, the other exclusion, the other, other notable one from the interbrand study, which mm-hmm. does appear on brand finance, and that's Qantas and uh, Qantas which I think you'd have to agree has always been a very strong Australian brand and it is in the top 10 brand finance mm-hmm. uh, list. I've been to cities that never close down. <laughs> yeah. now, obviously uh, it's I not an brand study for and, the same and reason as Coles. Yeah. yeah. Did you fly
3: Qantas? For the first time in ages I didn't. Why not? This might explain why their brand value is dropping. Well, I think so. <laughs> I mean, goodness me, my two or three trips to Europe a year is going to have a major, major influence. But but it, it probably is. It probably is. I mean, the, the, you know, people I talk to, and uh, Justin at Qantas, I don't know if you're uh, if you're still uh, still listening to this. I look forward to having feedback from you. If, uh, if he was that, a regular listener, so yeah. Hi, Justin. Um, oh, I should also say hi to Bonnie from uh, from Clayton. I was interviewing her uh, earlier this week, and she said, "I know that voice." <laughs> so <laughs> good. Um, <clears throat> uh, let's talk about a a, a, a distraction there. Um, the the quality of service, both functionally. Mm-hmm. Planes being late all the time, uh, and the you know, the way in which the service was delivered you know bored staff and and uncommitted un- un- uncommitted staff and
1: as we've discussed over many podcasts the perception that has been created as a result of the media's reporting of every little incident that Qantas has been involved in.
3: Well, we yep. we, 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 we we I, I think we, we should do another podcast on what gets into the media. Yeah. I mean over Easter there was a story on the news about an uh, an English boy who was killed in a plane plane crash in Venezuela <laughs> uh, uh, Of absolutely no relevance to Australia whatsoever but you know, it's a plane crash and yeah. therefore is exciting yeah, yeah. A, a wing hit the runway in uh, in Tokyo yesterday and that was in the uh, that was in uh, the newspaper the, the, the Australian media yeah yeah mm. in this room nothing happened the wing hit the runway that's it it didn't go up in flames didn't go back <laughs> but we get all excited about pieces planes. of planes hitting runways this sounds familiar Uh, yeah well (laughs) (laughs) ah well there was that yes (laughs) thank you so much for showing me the story about the Emirates jet that was close to major aviation disaster when it um, um, when was it February I think wasn't it yeah it was earlier this year at at Melbourne airport fully laden Emirates jet carrying 225 passengers bound for Dubai uh, sometime it was March I think um, basically ran out of runway it it took off after it hit the grass took out a few navigation lights and uh, and smashed the tail Exactly. Okay,
1: yes exactly now this is a, it, a report it, it, that was in the age on the 12th of april um where they've declared that uh this jet was the closest or one of the closest uh near misses to a a huge aviation disaster we've ever experienced here in australia
3: i was talking to some uh, aeronautical engineers who was who saying that that's no exaggeration it was really close mm-hmm. um Pilot error, mm. basically. Yep. I think um, the pilots uh, yep. resigned. The, the, the pilots have resigned and I think are going back to Dubai by
1: ship. Or, or they've changed <laughs> their names also. <laughs> or or something. by Qantas. Oh. <laughs> 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 what I loved, and I. No. <laughs> What I love, though, and mm-hmm. you brought this along, thank you so much, yeah. Ron, is the um, Age Online story, as as you're aware, um, on the right-hand side mm-hmm. of all the Age Online stories, you get um, advertising. Yeah. And what was the ad that it. appeared next to this uh, this
3: story about the Emirates jet close to major aviation disaster? Well, it's still, it's still appearing there, if you, if you go and look at it. <laughs> It's an ad for Emirates, with the tagline saying, Fly Emirates, keep discovering. (laughs) Keep discovering what happens when you plug in the wrong data into a computer. How unfortunate. (laughs) Well, no, it's not unfortunate. I reckon it's because it's the way they program them. You think that the yeah, ads yeah, they, are text just, sensitive and they these, well, things, these things happen too look at The often. context of yeah, the ad. Yeah. it happens too often. They, they they're too good. These uh, these stories. You get a bad news story about Telstra. You get a Telstra.
1: Ad. It's interesting because the other one that appears is a, a promotion for holidays. Yeah. So obviously but it I is find, similar yeah, to, to yeah. Google where they look at the context of, of the yeah. content of the page mm-hmm. and try to find
3: advertising that's mm-hmm. relevant. Yeah. I have to say, I mean, I was not on that particular plane, but I did go now fired you by because I flew Emirates and Emirates has had, got a. A great reputation as well, high service and and so on uh it's but uh, people rave about it i wouldn't necessarily rave about it it's the the service levels remind me of Qantas 10 or 15 years ago mm. so it was good i mean the stuff that's were bad eh? Hey? no no it, it was it was <laughs> tricky i wandered off to the back of the plane to uh, get an extra drink and uh, have a bit of a stretch yeah and the you know the, the staff are happy to see you great yeah. Yeah. Whereas Qantas is, "Oh shit!" You now I was hoping to have a rest, yeah. and, uh, and and that happened on all four legs that uh, that I had. The Dubai airport itself, p- people rave about. It looks interesting, doesn't work. But, it, but it, it's, it's an interesting shape. It's so. new and modern and clean, from it's, what I saw. It, it, it's, well, <laughs> yes, it, was, it was new, it was modern, it was clean. The, you know, the, the security check things didn't work particularly well, and the, you know, the, you know, your bags fell off at the end of the, of the carousel <laughs> and so on. Perhaps teething. TV problems absolutely because I think it's quite new. But then Heathrow Terminal Five, which is the British the new British Airways. Terminal oh, that's the new so. one. That had a lot of trouble when they first opened. Which was an uh, that was an absolute joke. I mean, it was hysterical yes. because they they, uh, they um, yeah poor staff training. I I, I think was it was the issue as well as the the general teething problems that you have. They ended up chartering uh, cargo planes to fly the baggage that had been lost there. <laughs> to another country because they I were in mainland Europe wasn't it yes, because, because, the because they were better organized do you know where they <laughs> from where they flew them to Oh no, where Italy. <laughs> oh, wonderful! <laughs> uh, the Italians are wonderful. The Italians, I mean, country as brand stuff. This is not racism. This is country as brand. The Italians do not have a reputation for being particularly organised. No, but they're quite creative in the way they do things. <laughs> well, apparently they they throw their hands around a lot. They? <laughs> <laughs> but they they, were, they uh, flew these jumbo loads of uh, of uh, baggage over to Milan to get them sorted out and and re- re- re-delivered properly, which Great. is a hello to all of our Italian listeners as well. <laughs> well, I'm sure they'll be. Picking up the, but it um. Uh, But it worked. Uh, But I tell you what, uh, going through there now, that is a really interesting... um, So you uh, went through uh, Terminal 5? I went through Terminal 5 for uh, an, an internal flight. So they sorted the problems out? Sorted the problems out, and it actually is like an upmarket shopping mall. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Um, so it's not like, you know, the you know, the only way you can tell that it's not is there's occasional announcements. So once again, it's the airport about uh, focusing
1: probably not so much on the primary reason that they're there, and that mm. is passenger transit through a building. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, they're looking at ways to make money with those passengers that happen to be walking through that building. Uh, yeah, that... Because most airports these days are, are totally separate business
3: yes. businesses. Historically, they used to be either government-run yeah. or airline-run. Yeah. And yeah. you had nasty plastic chairs and you were left sitting there for mm. five, six hours with mm-hmm. nothing to do. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. But now it's a case of how can we maximise our profit
1: from this building that has to exist to service the aeroplanes coming in and out.
3: Well, I mean, I found that, uh, at, uh, that Heathrow Terminal 5 it was actually interesting because, I mean, there was good stuff. On offer I mean mm-hmm. they, they, there was a decent cafe, not a sort of grotty Starbucks selling gro you know, yep. uh, the, there's a decent cafe. I forget what it was called um, uh, there were uh, the people in the shops were happy to serve you mm. and I, yeah I mean they're, they're Heathrow Terminal three or whichever the one is that, they're just that, that, happy that the things are working now <laughs> well well perhaps yeah but but it, but it was it was like an upmarket shopping mall mm. not like an uh, uh, not like an airport mm. so yeah. um good so, so yeah. So, yes, exactly. so was it was a worthwhile trip, you went, went to a conference. Yeah, um, r- really interesting, because we talked then, uh, coming back full circle, we talked about brand equity and uh, and measuring that and how complicated it was. Yes. And there just might be some simpler methods of measuring brand equity that come out of that. Okay, so,
1: so, so future
3: studies, and there could be other... Competing studies, if, if the methodology of these ones don't, doesn't change, uh, com- competing or ones that perhaps build on them to to try and come up with um, more accurate and better methods, mm. given the I mean the fundamental impossibility of actually putting a straight dollar value on a brand and of, the variation can, between the, the studies. Journalists is love the yeah, idea, uh, yeah. uh, love of course. Oh, of course, it's like, newsworthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. Saves them thinking of something good original one. to write.
1: Excellent. Well, look, thank you so much for your time. We're out of time uh, today, Col. It's been a a good chat. Finally, we've we've managed to have this chat without the technical problems that we had with Skype. So
3: uh, thank you so much. Well, thank you. It's great to be back. Take care. See you later, Carl. See you. Bye.
1: Well, that's all we have time for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. And I promise it won't be as long between episodes uh, before we put out our next episode 89. has been very busy, but uh, look, we're back on track now and uh, there'll be another episode out very soon, so please stay tuned, stay subscribed to the Monash Marketing Today podcast. And to take us out this week from the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, you can check out online at music.podshow.com. Great little short music track from Ingrid Michelson, this one called You and
0: I. Don't you worry there, my honey We might not have any money But we've got our love to pay the bills Maybe I think you're cute and funny Maybe I wanna do what bunnies do with you If you know what I mean Oh, let's get rich and in the south of France Let's get rich and give everybody nice sweaters And teach them how to dance Let's get rich and build a house On a mountain making everybody look like ants from way up there, you and I, you and I Well, you might be a bit confused And you might be a little bit bruised But baby, how we spoon like no one else So I will help you read those books If you will soothe my worried looks And And we we will put put the lonesome Lonesome on on the shelf And buy our parents' homes in the south of France. Let's get rich and give everybody nice sweaters and teach them how to dance. Let's get rich and build a house on a mountain, making everybody look like ants from way up there. You and I, you and I. In the south of France Let's get rich and give everybody nice sweaters And teach them how to dance Let's get rich and build a house On a mountain making everybody look like ants From way up there You and I You and I You can join our conversation by calling plus 613 9903 or by emailing podcast at monashmarketing.com. This podcast is protected under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License. You are welcome to share and remix this podcast for non-commercial purposes.